This is the Health Wildcatters podcast. I am Hubert Zajic and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Health Wildcatters. Health Wildcatters is a nationally ranked healthcare accelerator based in Dallas, Texas. So today I'll be talking about your investor meeting. So you got an investor meeting, your pitch succeeded, you get invited uh, to meet your investor. It could also be an important, could be an important strategic uh, partner, it could be some other important meeting. And of course, you're going to prepare for that. You got your elevator speech across and this person now has expressed an interest and invites you to the next step, either a presentation or a, or a meeting. So now though, the second time around, when you're setting a date for a meeting, you do have the benefit of preparedness and you need to take advantage of that. There are there's an endless list of reasons why you should be prepared for that. And there's really almost no way to be over-prepared for such a meeting. I'm not going to go into why the meeting was set up, but just assume you got the meeting, you're meeting at this person's office, and um, you're preparing to be there. Then the number one and simplest thing of all is to be on time. And, 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 and if you don't know where you're going exactly, then you, now you need to plan the route and you need to adjust for traffic, and you need to set your meeting time 15 minutes before you actually have the meeting. Because when you get to that building that you're supposed to park in front, that might be a skyscraper, and now you're in trouble because you need to find parking, and then you need to probably navigate a couple of elevators. So prepare for that. That's something you have completely under control. Now, every now and then something can happen, truly out of the ordinary. It's a complete pileup on the on the interstate or on a, on a highway and you're in a standstill. Obviously, you're going to call the investor and explain the situation. There's really no way to make up for it. It's, it's a bummer. I mean, it's a bummer for you. It's a bummer for them. If they're nice, they'll give you another chance or understand. And ideally, that doesn't happen. And every now and then it will happen. And all you can do is apologize. And... Um, the other thing you can entirely control, apart from being on time, is to be dressed for the occasion. Now, obviously, there is going to be a lot of different opinions of what that should be, and, and I'll simply tell you what it could be in, in my playbook. Um, you, number one, you got to be yourself. I'm not going to tell you dress some way that just fits a role, because the investor is interested in you. And don't forget this. First and foremost, at the early stages of investing, it's always about the entrepreneur for the investor. It's always about you. So something already jailed for them and they're interested in you. So something that expresses you. So if your scale of dressiness is between uh, a torn t-shirt, a misshapen t-shirt, a nice t-shirt, and then maybe uh, some sort of a brand name t-shirt of some kind, then I suppose you cannot dress up to your brand name t-shirt. Probably have a little bit more bandwidth than that, and you're going to adjust, uh, try to adjust toward what you're expecting to see there. And in case of doubt, always take it, take it a notch up. Uh, these days, not a lot of people wear ties anymore, which is a good thing. Um, but if you feel like you're going to be walking into an office where everyone's going to be wearing ties, it's better to be overdressed to underdressed. Trust me, I've done both. And um, I, I, you feel much better being overdressed than underdressed. And the reason is that dressing up is a sign of respect. Try to gauge or, or get intel on that and 
just like your first day on the job, you want to somehow figure out what the corporate culture is so you can feel it fit in. Ultimately, it's going to make you more comfortable in the setting. It's not necessarily even about the other person. Uh, so you, you feel like you're fitting in there. Again, reminder for you, you want to do something that shows that person that's for all practical purposes donated his or her time to you that you respect him or her. These are things you can control. Remember, those are the things you can control. In, in the, a lot of other things you cannot control. And it may still be a rejection you walk out of the office with, but that's okay. It's you control the things you can control. Now, if you're translating this to the, the video setting these days, um, there are a lot more video settings and there will continue to be more video meetings. Remember this first and foremost. What is a video meeting? It is a face to face meeting, okay? So I'm not gonna say we're a tie and suit in your home office, but, but you could, uh, you could, and uh, you could wear a jacket. I think those things are gonna get a lot more leeway uh, nowadays, as long as you're decently dressed, it's gonna show uh, respect. And people understand that that's a scale down as far as the dress code goes, but it is a face-to-face -face meeting. Don't forget that. It's a face-to-face -face meeting. That means somebody took time above a phone call to take the meeting with you, and he or she will also be in, in his or her office and be willing to be video uh, on video with you, and you want to be on video with them. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice thing. And think about it in this term, in this way. If it's a casual meeting that's just a few minutes, you probably wouldn't set up a video call for that. Don't abuse that privilege of having been invited for a video call but by not being prepared. So you want to be prepared for that and think a little bit about your setting in your home office or your regular office, wherever you are and what you're wearing. And then if we're thinking about the camera and whether it's on or off, it obviously depends on who who um, invited you to, to that. So the investor, let's say the investor um, sets up a video call or Zoom meeting or a Microsoft Teams meeting. And when somebody does that, as opposed to a conference call line, well then obviously the only purpose for that or the best purpose would likely be that you have the benefit of the video. So unless they tell you otherwise, I would assume you're gonna be on a video call and you better be able to be on a video call. Uh, presentation-wise and otherwise. But also, uh, what could happen is that this person um, calls you up, you connect on Zoom, your video camera is up, and now their camera isn't on. And you're just wondering, is this going to come on or not? Or So that's actually a that's actually a, a good question. If you are the one that was invited, then I think your expectation should be that there's going to be a camera connection. Otherwise, you could have just jumped on a phone call. Now, when that person is not turning his or her own video on while you're on video as the invited guest, I consider that actually not cool because they're gonna get visual cues from you and especially if there's several of them on, on the call on the other side and they get the benefit of seeing you. You don't get the benefit of seeing them back. You don't see their reactions. They can read you, you cannot read them. 
But uh, if you're ever in that call where your, your camera is on and the opposing sides, opposing being the other side, uh, is off, then I would ask myself questions. Uh, bad players also use that tactic on purpose. They're going to call you into a video meeting and then they're going to turn on their video camera and they're going to let you leave you stranded there. In such situations, I've turned my video camera off because it kind of seems weird. I've, I'll focus on their uh, on the black screen and they can see me. So it, it just doesn't it doesn't work well together if you're deprived of one part of the conversation, basically. So it's a big advantage to be on video. You can do a lot more. Uh, it's also a bigger deal because you literally give more of you. You give your visual side as well, and so therefore you should. You should you should um, regard this as a, as a your best troop is going to be a face to face meeting and that's a face to face meeting. So uh, those things have happened to me. I've been on video calls where somebody didn't turn their camera on. It, it's it's really uncomfortable. And uh, if your camera doesn't work, or if for some reason you did this to someone else, like your camera doesn't work, actually mine today had a, a, a hiccup, then you should you should um, immediately come out with that and say. Um, hey, my camera's not working. I'm, I was trying to fix it, but I didn't have enough time. I don't know what's going on. Uh, or switch to your cell phone and do it via cell phone to make up for it or get or get that other person to say, it's okay, I'll just turn mine off too. Or give them permissions like, hey, let's just make it a regular phone call. So there are ways to solve that. Be proactive on this. It'll gonna show, it's going to show poise. It's going to show that you care. It's going to show that you've thought about this. And I think it's going to uh, work well for you uh, other than that, you know, with the video call or, or your in-person meeting, obviously you're going to want to think about how you structure it and have an agenda. Again, depending on who set the, the meeting and, and the agenda it gets to do that and follow through with it. If it's you, have an agenda, have some points you want to touch upon, just like any presentation, have some some follow-on items that you're going to uh, deal with. and um, But don't expect every interaction with this person to be a face-to-face -face meeting. I mean, I've had very, very few interactions in my lifetime where the, uh, I had face-to-face -face meetings and then every other every meeting thereafter was a face-to-face -face meeting. So it's, it's more likely to be phone calls or emails or other things. Um, and, and if it comes to a video call, again, remember... It's a face-to-face -face meeting. I think that's enough on, on, on meetings. Uh, there's a ton more. And, and I love this stuff because a lot of this is just not things that you can read out of a book, uh, learn out of a book. There are little things, there are observations, there are things that our mentors see, there are things that I see. There are things that, and these come up in conversations throughout the Accelerator program. That's just the way it works. And this is often why it's hard for me to express exactly what the program does. And, and not that I just bestowed tremendous wisdom upon you. Probably those are the things you thought about as well. But probably a couple of things you hadn't considered. And those things matter uh, as they matter in all human interactions. And they're going to make you better when you're mindful of these type of potential errors. It's not about how do I make a Porter's Five Forces strategic matrix. It's this. They go to the meeting that don't make the stupid mistakes, that get another meeting. And especially if there's things you can do about them and fix them, that's what we want our startups to do. So our startups have heard this uh, stuff from me before, and there's a lot more like that that we uh, share and also, of course, learn from each other because um, we too here, our mentors learn from the mentees just as well. And um, it's, a, it's a fluid scenario.
Good luck with your first investor meeting, your first big meeting. Hopefully this helped you next time you're on with a face-to-face -face meeting or whether it's a video or in person. That's it for this episode. The Health Walk Hatters podcast is produced and edited by Covington Doan. The music is by William Flato. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Health Walk Hatters, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or visit the website at healthwalkhatters.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>